This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 63 of the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me this week from the Shock Pit is Dave Wayne. Hello. As usual, we bring you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema, went straight to DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming media, as is the case this week. Because this week, we are delving into the Shudder Network, at least the UK version, and to see what its wares are, um, we're taking full advantage of its uh, seven-day free trial period and seeing whether or not it's worth hanging around. So this week we're going to be looking at a film called Another Evil, then we'll be going downrange, and finally we're going to be looking at Cold Hell. On top of that, we've got the washing up section coming soon, and we're going to go straight into the DTV chart. Okay, it's time for the DTV chart. Uh, thanks to Rich for putting this together, as usual. Uh, we look at the uh, top 100 uh, DVD releases, um, and we sort of chuck out everything which had a cinema release or was a TV series and that sort of thing. And we get down to the um, the nuggets that we, we like to delve into. So at number 10 is a film called The Resistance, which I believe they was also known as The Invisibles. It's a sort of foreign uh, World War II drama. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's kind of docudrama uh, sort right. of thing. Oh, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. I remember we talked yeah. about So I didn't, didn't get it in, didn't, didn't buy it, but um, it, it's, it's been in, what, three weeks or something? So, you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm still selling. Uh, number nine is Rex, also known as Megan Levy. This has been knocking around for a good month and a bit now, I think. Yeah, we're bored to talk about this one, but uh, cool film. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Acts of Vengeance. This is uh, Antonio Banderas in a... Um, at number eight, it's Acts of Vengeance. This is Antonio Banderas in an Isaac Florentine movie, and it's very good indeed. Uh, number seven, The Ballad of Lefty Brown. Now, I finally did actually get around to checking the trailer for this, and I'm pretty much interested in seeing it. Um, this stars Bill Pullman as a sort of washed-up marshal whose partner is murdered, and the uh, rounds of a posse to try and find him. It looks really well shot, really well made. Um, very interested in seeing that one. Yeah, it is very well made uh, as well. It's just uh, Bill Pullman's got this weird accent. Uh, yeah. with the film, and it, it kind of irritates a little bit. You do get used to it, but for the first 20, 30 minutes, it kind of grates just that little bit. He's definitely going for that sort of oldie-timey sort of prospector kind of voice, isn't he? Oh, he is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, number six, Braven, a film that we definitely liked around here. Jason Momoa um, doing his sort of cliffhanger stuff with, um, with uh, Stephen Lang. Uh, playing his dad and uh, Jill Wagner as his wife um, under siege from uh, drug runners up in the mountains uh, very very good stuff this uh, has made the uh, weird transition of, of being of being like a uh, an action film that just appeals to the action crowd to actually transitioning to a mainstream action film uh, certainly from my perspective because mm-hmm. you've got people who rent just the, the box office films but really you know, pulling over to this film and they're really liking it. So it just goes to show it does have that. I know we reference it all the time, but that security um, aspect, uh, Antonio Banderas, whereby it it pulls people away from the mainstream. So they start renting a a great DTV film. 
like this. Yeah, definitely. Because he, he he's on the cusp, isn't he? Really, sort of Jason Momoa. Yeah. He, he, you know, he's um he does a lot of sort of good um sort of character work. He's he's always mm-hmm. a good presence in films. Um, and he's sort of slowly becoming, you know, coming to the fore now. Um, yeah. yeah. Have you have you noticed um all the different iterations of the cover? It's it's like the no. work, they, they couldn't work out what weapon he should be holding in his hands. So there's, oh, really? there's yeah, you know, there's various iterations where he's holding a, yeah. a gun or you know his, his crossbow or, or an axe. Yeah, it's it's, it's quite weird. Uh, I think you know settling on the on the um, on the bow and arrow is probably a good choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number five, Singularity. Um, this is the one where John Cusack was sort of brought in at the last minute to film uh, a few scenes. Um, if I remember rightly, his his scenes are set in the present, and most of the film is set in the future. Okay. It's like a sort of post-apocalyptic thing, but you know, it keeps flashing back to to sort of the decisions he made, which sort of led up to it, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah, but it, it looks a weird one. Uh, number four, Dragon Mountain. Um, now, again, I, I checked out the trailer for this earlier on, and I'm quite impressed with it, to be quite honest. Uh, number four, Dragon Mountain. Um, now, again, I, I checked out the trailer for this earlier on, and I'm quite impressed with it, to be quite honest. Uh, really? It's, it's, yeah, it's um, it's quite shamelessly going down the um, the Lord of the Rings route. Uh, it, it's set in this sort of... If you think of, you know, the um, the mines, you know, the dwarf mines from Lord mm. of the Rings, it, it's mm. sort of set in that kind of place. But it's... Um, yeah, I, I think it actually looks quite good. I think the production values don't look half bad for this. And there's some sort of thing about sort of aliens as well, sort of being buried on the mountain. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm quite intrigued. The one guy that reviewed it on Amazon has said that it's just a, you know, some film about three dwarfs trapped in a mine. <laughs> and he said it's just 90 minutes of darkness and talking, yeah. which really sells it, to be honest. It, yeah, I mean, but then, you know, Three Lord of the Rings movies, just people walking yeah. and talking. So there you go. Very true. Very true. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't mind giving it a shot anyway. Mm-hmm. Number three, Tribal Warfare. Hmm. I wonder what film this could be. Um, mm-hmm. Also known as Chinese Salesman. Um, this is being sold in the UK as if it's um, a rumble between Steven Seagal and Mike Tyson. Um, mm. Now, yes, both people do appear in the film, and yes, they do come to fisticuffs, but um, it is a very small part of what this film actually is. Um, it, it's sort of like a race between sort of various factions to, to win a contract for sort of telecommunications um, in some sort of Arabic country or African country. Um, and it does look pretty good. Um, in fact, this is one of the ones I'm sort of um, keying up for our next episode. So at number two, we've got Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. This is number six in the series, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to be on a bit of an upturn as far as uh, the production values go, because this looks really damn good. Uh, and again, this is a, a film I'm um, queuing up for our next episode. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great fun. I think it's about six ninety nine retailers on, which is you know, being given away. But, you know, uh, Graboids in... The North Pole, what's not to like, really? So, yeah, exactly. it, 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 yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, it does look really good. And at number one, we've got Batman Ninja. This is a um, Japanese anime version of Batman. Um, 
Uh, it does look very good. I've, I've watched half of this so far, um, but word of warning, don't watch it with the English dubbing. <clears throat> I, I just couldn't get on with it at all. Because the English dubbing is about the standard of, of some Japanese animes. Um, right. You know, I'm looking at sort of... Um, what was the one I really like? Ninja Scroll. You know, it, mm-hmm. it does. It, it's, it's almost like I'm watching Ninja Scroll, basically, with the mm-hmm. English dubbing. It's it's not great, um, but yeah, very weird sort of um, characterization of characters like um, the Joker in there. But yeah, I mean, obviously, as as we all know, um, the DC animated stuff does very well, and it's sitting at number four in the actual charts, and number one in ours. So just to sort of round off uh, the chart, um, this is a bumper week for us. Now, if, um, if you've listened to some of our other shows, some of our other shows, uh, you know, there's been some weeks when there's only been like three DTV mm. films in the whole 100. At the moment, we've got a total of 13. So the three films are just sort of bubbling under our top 10. We've got um, World War Two Thousand Yard Stare, which I must admit I still haven't ch- uh, looked at the trailer for. No, no, very, very low budget. Hmm. Uh, a few people rented it, but they didn't really like it. So it, it, it wound up on eBay pretty much within a few days. <laughs> um, so no, I, I haven't. I'm yet to see that. No, no, no. Go on. I'm, I'm, I'm just free thinking now. I just, you know, I was wondering. You said about 13 titles on this uh, that represent DTV out of the top 100, and I'm just it's trying to work out why. Um, <laughs> Because it's such a strange period of time. Because I've, I've said on the show before, you know, you, you go back five or six years, and I was buying in the region of fourteen to fifteen um, titles per week yeah. for the store, and now I'm, I'm struggling, struggling to buy half that. I mean, and when I, we do get to seven and eight titles, I mean, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel just to have something fresh and new in store. Yeah. So you wonder with such, with the market being squeezed, I mean, we'll talk about should, should or later, for example, because obviously they, they do play a part. Yeah, with the market being squeezed so much, it's a little choice. It's just, it's weird to see all these titles lingering around, some of which like Rex and mm. Resistance have been there for so long and Suicide Squad as well. It's, it's just a, it's a weird thing where there seems to be less availability, but mm. more variety on the channel. It is a bit strange, and you know, there's there's a few films which are uh, conspicuous by their absence uh, in the UK at least, because um, you know you've got things like Deep Blue Sea Two, uh, yeah. you know, it hasn't hasn't sort of seen a release yet. I'm not sure if anyone's picked it up. And um, there's another Death Race film as well. Is it Death oh, Race? of course, yeah. That, that, that is being traded. I saw a trailer for that on um, on one of the discs I saw this week, so oh, I expect that one pretty soon. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, this is just to finish off the chart then. So number twelve Sorry. is Suicide Squad: Hell to Pay, which we've talked about a lot, and number thirteen, Beyond Skyline, um, one that I I like a lot. Now it's interesting, Beyond Skyline is mm. charting so much because it's available on on Netflix. Ah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. As is Acts of Vengeance, for that matter. You know, yes, it is. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's, it's there for free. If you, you know, well, until they decide not to be. Mm. To it, anyway, um, yes, so that is the DTV chart for this week. It's time for the coming soon section, and this week we've got five trailers to take a peek at. And we're going to start with a film called The Bombing, which um, arguably co-stars Bruce Willis. Um, this is uh, set during World War II, 
Uh, five different Chinese people fight their way through Japanese air force attacks to protect an important military machine in Chongqing in 1940. Um, this is kind of like, it, it kind of reminds me of the end of Pearl Harbor, you know, when they do this sort of bombing run on the, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of there. It, it's, it's got that sort of feel to it a little bit. Um, but there's, there's a bit of martial arts in there, a bit of sort of street fighting, that sort of thing, sort of gun battles going on as well. Um, it looks pretty decent and they've got Bruce Willis, um, you know, standing around like, you know, they, they could have just got a mannequin and just dressed him in the general's uniform and I'm sure they've done the same job. But, um, there you go. So the, you know, the banking on his name a little bit, a little bit like, um, Operation Chromite did with Liam Neeson, I guess. Uh, yeah. the, um, uh, but it's got Fan Bingbing in there as well. She's sort of making a name for herself uh, these days. Adrian Brody apparently turns out. Oh, Eric Sang's in there as well. Um, in the cast. So that's pretty cool. And Nicholas Sayers. Um, I think this looks all right. Uh, I'll be interested to see how it all pans out, especially how, how much Bruce actually does in the film. I've got a feeling this is going to be on the- just, just, something, there's something about this film that just screams damaged goods. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was shot in 3D, apparently, um, in the summer of 2015. So it's been set oh. there for three years. I mean, yeah. this is a 65, 65 million dollar movie, allegedly. That's a lot of money yeah. to sit on for three years. Yeah. So you're wondering what, what is the issue with this? I mean, the director, Shao Feng, it, it's only a second film. Um, yeah. The writer, they've they pretty much done Ping Chen, they, they've pretty much done next to nothing in their career, apart from a couple of bits of TV work. One thing that does stand out, I mean, the trailer is very impressive, to be mm. honest. It's nice and short, well edited, it, it, it's pretty aggressive your attention. But the one thing that really does stand out about this film is, uh, guess who the art director is? The art director, no. The art director. Go on then. It's, it's not Zack Snyder or... Um... Um, Michael Bay, is it? Mel Gibson. Really? Genius. Which is just weird. Yeah, so he gets a credit for the, well, the, the art director's sole credit goes to him. And he also gets a producer credit as well as a creative consultant. So that adds a, a weird twist to the whole scenario. So. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, that's uh, the bombing. It was originally going to be called Unbreakable Spirits, but um, I think that got changed shortly after this trailer was actually made. Um, okay, the next one is Iron Sky: The Ark. Uh, this is just basically this is a placemat. This is a placeholder. Um, it doesn't actually show you anything to do with the film. This is just sort of setting the scene for for um, something that's supposed to be coming out this year. Bearing in mind we still haven't seen Iron Sky 2 yet, and they're already sort of plugging away Iron Sky 3. Um, I suppose that means it's pretty imminent, I thought. Have you seen any hide or hair of um, Iron Sky 2 yet? No, I, I just I don't know what's going on with this, really, because, mm. you, know, you know, you look at the trailer and it says it's a third... It, it's, it's, it's due to follow the, the coming race... Yeah, but the coming race is preceding this. But then there are some things that say the coming race is, is meant to go after this, and obviously the trailer is neither here nor there because it, well, while it looks very pretty, you know, it's mm. it's nothing to it. I mean, it, it's good to see they've got the same director there. Um, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. You know, it's it's got Chinese money behind it. Um, yeah, Andy Garcia is allegedly meant to be in there along with Udo Kier, but it looks like Udo Kier is playing a different character than the one he played in the first film. Um, 
so it's it's a it's a weird one. This um, yeah, I, I don't really. I'm, I'm after reading a lot about it, including there's a lawsuit going on, isn't it? Um, apparently, the um, the second one is now scheduled for release 22nd of November this year. All right. Um, so yeah, it will. <laughs> We won't hold our breath, but that's the yeah. um, that's what they've got pegged on IMDb anyway. Okay, moving on to sort of going really mega low budget now. This is a film called The Hitman Agency. Uh, purportedly about a agency of hitmen, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> some guy deciding that he's going to sort of take them all down. Um, and Don the Dragon Wilson is is in the mix as well, so it's always good to sort of see him knocking around, even in something as low budget as this. Um, it looks like it could be okay. Why this though? This just looks really shoddy. Um, it it's a German-funded film. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Just a lot of the action sequences look really, uh, just really naff. Uh, We're talking. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking CGI blood scripts here, aren't we, as well? So. I mean, yeah, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. But just the whole setup, it looks really bland. I mean, there's, there's a little action sequence there. There's no one outside in some sort of drab-looking field or path. It just looks like two guys just showed up and they turned the camera on. It looks really... Yeah, it does, actually. <laughs> it actually gives me hope for um, that film Ember or Amber. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Because that, you know... In comparison, that looks highly polished. Yes. So, okay. you know, you know, um, what, what a way we've come here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what, what a way we've come here. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on to a sequel I don't think many people saw coming. Um, this is Escape Plan 2, Hades. Uh, Escape Plan, of course, was the, um, the long awaited mashup between Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't do particularly well um, so here we go with a sequel with uh, Stallone with um, Dave Bautista which um, you know he's proving to be a bit of a saving grace in whatever film he's in these days he, he certainly gave um, uh, the last Blade Runner film a good shot in the arm um, yeah I, I'm on board with this I must admit I, I like the trailer it, it, it's interesting to sort of think you know, to speculate at the moment how involved Stallone actually is, because especially yeah. during the first half of the trailer, he looks like he's the guy just sat in the chair doing all the exposition. That's you know, true. But he does sort of he, he does end up in the prison as well, so so you know um, he, he does eventually get involved. But yeah, it, it's um, it does at the beginning at least sort of seem like yeah he he's the guy who's sort of behind it all, but not actually involved, and he'll sort of pop in and check in on him every now and again. 33 producers on this film. That, that, that's, what? That's, that's a lot. That's yeah. something else. I mean, it, it's weird. It, it's an unusual one because, it, I mean, it was shot in 19 days. I mean, that must be the quickest shoot for a Stallone film yeah. since well, since he started acting. Um, so it's, it's unusual to see Stallone on such a, uh, a brief shoot. And, and the weirdest thing is that Escape Plan 3 is already in the can. That's right, yeah. Uh, which is nuts. I mean, the one saving grace in my book is the fact that, well, two two things. Uh, one is which the writer of the original is on board, Miles Chapman. So at least that might show some sort of total consistency. Also, the director of this film is Stephen C. Miller, who I really, really yes. like. He's done a handful of really 
fantastic films that I've seen. You know, like um, The Aggression Scale. Love Silent Night was a really cool horror film, yeah. and also a big, big fan of Marauders. Yeah, um, I'm. I I like that. Even even though it's another sort of Bruce Willis cardboard cutout performance. Yeah, everything that happens but, around it. And again, you know, Batista's in that one as well. You know, playing he is, a, yeah. playing a straight up FBI guy. Well, I, I, yeah. I like the lead in that guy. You know, the guy from SVU. I forget his name. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's one of those TV guys that deserves a shot of a really decent. Um, uh, Cinematic role. Mm. I thought it was decent. So yeah, um, the throw aspects of this that could be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we'll see what, what scale it's at. But yeah, I, th- I think we should be right. I think so. Okay, our last um, and certainly not least film this week is called Lupus. This is uh, Jean Claude Van Damme playing a bouncer who seems to get into a bit of trouble with the law. Um, now this is um, directed. Uh, remind me who this is directed by. It's the guy who directed Chrysalis and That's The right. Assault, uh, two That's French films exactly. um, that I was uh, really a, a big fan of. Uh, I'm a to big be honest. fan of. I'm a big fan of Chrysalis. I was talking talking to Rich about this earlier. I, I love Chrysalis. I wasn't that impressed with The Assault, mainly because oh, yeah. of the color scheme. It was just too, right. everything was just too washed out. Um, yeah, uh, Julien Leclerc is the mm. um, the guy, and this is you know I, I hope the film at least like three quarters it um, lives up to this trailer because the trailer is just so well cut, so, so moody uh, and atmospheric, um, you know, and Jean just looks so mean in this as well, you know, weather beaten and everything just looks you know perfect for the role. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we well enough to know that I hate trailers and I never watch them. But yeah. this was one trailer that I thought was spectacular because it was 50 seconds or whatever it was. It was, you know, there was no dialogue in it, um, but there was everything you needed to know in that. And it was just perfect. It really did get me in the mood to watch this and got me really excited about it. Um, you know, also, I really like films like this whereby you've got a 58-year-old action star playing a 58-year-old action star. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, th- th- there's no kind of uh, glossing over the fact that he's, you know, someone that he's not. And he looks really vulnerable in this film, uh, mm-hmm. which is an aspect of his sort of acting that I really, really like. Um, and he does come back to that occasionally. So to me, th- this this does look really uh, intense and, and, and superb. So hopefully we get a we get a good release over here from somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, obviously he's got Black Water coming out. Um, I oh. think it's the end of this month uh, with um, Dolph Lundgren in it as well. Have you, have you seen it? Have you seen it? I've I've started watching it. I got a, um, a, a review of it, and mm-hmm. it's actually pretty good, e- even though some of the sets are pretty rubbish. Yeah. Um, the the I actually really like the script. The script works very well. It's got a lot of characters interacting with each other. You know, sort of mm. this different actions going on um yeah it, it's surprisingly decent <laughs> okay and that is our coming soons for this week okay everyone this is our shudder section um in a minute we're going to be sort of delving into our main reviews which are this week uh, another evil um downrange and cold hell but dave um you know the two of us have been sort of delving into shudder this week how, how have you how have you found it overall 
It's been fascinating. It, it really has. I mean, obviously, when we get, well, when I get my sort of uh, homework mm. uh, to do for uh, for DTV Digest each week, you know, it's it's met with a degree of uh, <laughs> sometimes it can be excitement, but mainly it's ooh, you know, it's sort of, sort of a screwed up face mixed with uh, mm, yeah, okay. Um, uh, and I must admit, you know, I got I got a I gig with eighty-eight films this week. We're going to write a book for a Blu-ray, so yeah. I started doing that on Monday, and but on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, and it gets to Thursday, and I'm like, oh, jeez, three days away from Digest, got to do something now. So I thought, oh, jeez, I, I can't be arsed on it for sure. I'm never going to use it. Um, you know, I can't keep up with Netflix. I can't keep up with Amazon Prime. So anyway, I thought, look, I'm going to do this. I've committed to this. Let's, let's get it done. And, and I must admit, I, I can really remember having. As much fun over three nights. Well, since since that one time in in, in Amsterdam. But you know, with regard to films, uh, I can't remember having that much fun over three nights um, for for quite some time. It, it's an amazing um, library of films. I mean, it's not vast. It will yeah. have its limitations. And I realise that this is pretty much a honeymoon period, whereby I'm going to hit all the sort of sweet spots of the films that are really cool. But it, it's just a really interesting. Concept because I was looking at, you know, obviously I wrote a column called DTV Junkyard, which I've been going for, you know, three or four years now. And when I look back at, you know, the different editions, I've done 120 editions of this column, mm. you go back a couple of years and, you know, one week you've got five films, one week you've got six films, one week you've got seven films, and each week you've got this wealth of horror films. But this year has been a complete drought of, yeah. of a consistent supply of horror films in the DTV spectrum. And um, there's been the odd, you know, cool movie that comes out. I mean, we, we covered this, you know, Circus Kane last week, uh, a couple of weeks back and a few bits like that. But mainly it, it's been it's been a complete drought. Uh, I mean, is this where they're all going? I don't know. But, uh, you know, for the price of $4.99, it, it just, it's it's a definite uh, keeper for me. I know we're going to go into these films in more detail. Um, but it's just, I, I think it, it seems to me, I mean, I know it's owned by AMC, who obviously own a, a few things like Apple TV and um, I know sorry what am I talking about lots of bollocks um, I know it's owned by AMC who own another streaming service called Sundance Sundance TV oh, yeah. Yeah. and they also operate cable channels like BBC America and WeTV and IFC so they're well versed in that but should it does seem to have quite a small scale operation whereby i mean it might be just the american side of it but it seems to be curated by two guys called sam zimmerman and colin Geddes, who um have got a good history in publications like fangoria right and also shockley drop and they program film festivals as well so they've obviously got a keen eye uh, into what they're acquiring um so to me i'm having fun here i don't know how you think of the whole concept um, I've got, I've got one or two little issues, just little niggles. Um, yeah. As as far as cost is concerned, mm. um, yeah. The other day, I I, I rented uh, Guardians of the Tomb off Amazon, and it cost oh, me yeah. like four, four forty nine for one right. movie. You know, <laughs> okay, so it's quite re- recent. Um, but you know, this is four ninety nine for the whole service, and not only that, you know, they they do that the streaming TV stuff as well. So so you got the films, you know, in their library, but they're also yeah. streaming it as well. So so you know, there's certain films they will show you for free. 
Yeah. You know, they got they got a sort of free channel as well. Um, I found the best way to search for films is just to call up everything, because right. if you go through their sort of genre bits, um, it misses out loads. You know, oh, really? um, there's stuff that they they haven't categorised. Anyway, yeah. um, but um, yeah, I, I went through. There was loads of stuff this afternoon. I found. I thought, shit, I didn't realise that was there. You know, even right. though I sort of spent the whole week going through it. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's a lot more there than I than I initially thought. Um, so yeah, I, I'm quite happy with it. I must yeah. admit, I thought I was go- you know originally I thought yeah we're going to pick three films. That's probably going to be it, um, <laughs> and then sort of dump it before the, they charge us. But I've I've already sort of earmarked about a dozen films to watch um, yeah. that I haven't sort of come across before. You know, um, some some of I those. Mean, sort of... Also, if you follow them on on Twitter and Instagram, they've also got the handy kind of monthly guide to what they're adding. Yeah. So I find that to be a benefit because that's one of the downfalls with Netflix. I know Netflix sends me yeah. an email every now and then, but I like well, to know everything. Well, exactly. I mean, there's uh, talking about Netflix for a minute. I think it's Joe Blow. Dot com. Yeah. I think they they uh, no, or was it? Yeah, I think so. Den of Geek. Yeah. Um, they they do a thing every month, but it's quite late. So yeah. like you know, for June it'll be like the last last week of May. They'll finally have the list of what what's coming next month. You know, which doesn't yeah. really really help you. Um, but yeah, I mean Netflix really need to sort that out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm quite happy with the actual service as well. Um, I, I'm playing it through my Xbox on the TV as, as yeah, well as yeah. on the laptop. Um, both seem to work really well. So anyway, I, I had a, we sometimes do a, a beginner's guide. This isn't mm. really a beginner's guide. This is sort of like five films that I've seen already, which, um, are, are on the system or are, are on Shudder. And, you know, um, I just want to sort of highlight them because people might not have given them a chance before, maybe not come across. Um, the first one is called Someone's Knocking on the Door. Is it the Chad Ferrin film? Yeah. It's it's, nah. a, uh, it's um, a bunch of medical students who yeah. find a sort of um, <laughs> an experimental psychotropic drug. Um, yeah. They all take it one night and then they all start being stalked by some sort of weird very sort of transgressive sort of demon yeah, yeah. thing. It is really well done. It's, it's um, you know, it's, it's not a mega budget, but it's got a really great script. Uh, it's mm. one of those ones where, you, if you, you know, you've got to listen to sort of dialogue in the background as like people like on the um, sort of tannoy system making these sort of weird, inane sort of announcements and things. It's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, yeah, very transgressive, uh, but, but really, really original as well, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I did get this one on DVD when it first came out, but mm. now it's been deleted. Um, but yeah, as far as yeah. low budget horror goes, it's got some horrific sights in it, hasn't it, as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely has that. Um, is, I think I picked, I picked this up for like two quid or something in one of those sort of pound shop kind of, kind of mm. places. You know, um, but anyway, um, the next one is a film called The Revenant. Now, this isn't the Leonardo DiCaprio one. Uh, this is a film starring David Anders, who, if you're a fan of um, I Zombie or going even further back to um, Alias, uh, he was in both of those shows. He plays a, um, a soldier, Marine who gets killed in, in Afghanistan, his body sent back to the to the US. And he 
comes back as a, a sort of a zombie, a revenant. You know, he's active during the night and then he, he's dead during the day. Um, it is a very good sort of black comedy action movie. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant film, brilliant film. Really, really good. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, and it, it's got a great ending as well. It's got those, it's got one of those endings that makes you go, I want to see what happens next. I want to see this part of the film, you know. Um, okay, another one I, I really liked is called Juan of the Dead. This oh, is yeah. basically, this is the Cuban version of Shaun of the Dead, basically. Mm. Although it's not a direct copy, you know, it's definitely a Cuban film. You know, they haven't sort of just tried to transpose the character. Um, but he's definitely a sort of deadbeat kind of guy who um, gets caught up in this uh, zombie apocalypse. It is, at times, pan-sweatingly funny. <laughs> um, you know, there's this whole bit where, uh, you know, they're running away from zombies and they spot somebody in a wheelchair. And it, what happens next just killed me. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, so one of the dead is definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm a big fan of the Soska twins. Uh, Jen and Sylvia Soska. So I was really happy to see that their um, their first film, Dead Hooker in a Trunk, is um, is on here as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's got. A, I don't know if it did get a UK release or not. Yeah, I've got it on DVD and work. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, this is their first film. It's more sort of low budget and indie, but you know, very inventive. And they sort of wear their influences on their sleeves with this one. You know. Um, but it's 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 sort of really grungy. It's sort of set, you know, these the characters sort of on the edge of society, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of fun, basically. They just throw everything at it. It's it's really cool. It's as if they sort of went, "This is probably our only chance to make a film. Let's just go yeah. with it." You know, just, it's just chuck everything we can think of into it. But um, the film that I really think everyone should check out if you haven't seen it before is a little film called Jug Face. So what film was that, sorry, Mike? A jug face. Oh yeah, I reviewed that film uh, a few years ago. Mm. Love it, absolutely love it. Think it's so oh, cool. So, yeah, same here. Uh, and you know, from their name, you probably w- wouldn't sort of register. Um, it was released in the UK as The Pit or Jug Face The Pit. Mm. Uh, and what it's about is a sort of small um, community in the Appalachian Mountains who live this sort of idyllic life, except for the fact that in a local creek lives a demon mm. and so make sure that every he makes sure that everyone's always healthy and, and you know prosperous and all he asks every now and again is for a sacrifice and the way he chooses a sacrifice or he lets them know that who's to sacrifice is he sends the local potter into a trance and he makes this pot this jug and it'll have the person's face you know when he comes to He's made yeah. this thing, and there's the face. And it's all about this girl who discovers the pot and destroys it um, before, you know, because it's her face on it, basically. She finds the pot with her face on it, destroys it, and it's the consequences of, of that action and what it does. Um, it's a great cast. It's got um, Sean Young in it, believe it or not, and um, Larry Fessenden is, is one of my favourite character actors. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's a brilliant film, um, really really well done. But it's it's got a great opening as well, you know, because it it tells you everything you need to know in this sort of animated sort of sequence, like a tapestry kind of thing going on. Um, yeah. it, it's it's just really really well done, and that's setting on on Shudder, you know, for you guys to go and discover basically. 
But enough about my ramblings, it's time to get on with our main reviews. Our first review this week is Another Evil. Dan Papadakis is an artist who discovers one night a ghost in his family's vacation home. He hires a so-called expert on ghosts, but is unconvinced that the guy's live-and-let-haunt attitude is for him, and wants the ghost gone rather than cohabiting his house Beetlejuice-style. So on the recommendation of his gallery owner, he hires Oz, a much more intense individual. At first, it looks like he's going to get the job done, but soon he inveigles his way into Dan's life, making things weirder and more uncomfortable as the days pass. Dave, what do you think of this? This was interesting. Um, this was unusual. It's that weird blend of horror and comedy that, mm. but it's not your traditional horror comedy, you know, like, um, I don't know, uh, throw me like Shaun of the Dead, for example, or something yeah. like that. It, it's, it's a really quite, um, niche film that, uh, I hate to use the word art house, but it is a bit art house, to be honest, because mm. I, I can't see anyone, you know, uh, any sort of people that tend to watch box office movies um, being into this in any way, really. Um, I liked it a great deal, to be honest. It, it, it took a little time. For the first few minutes, I, I did wonder what is going on here, especially as soon as, uh, as, soon as Oz comes into the picture, because he is a strange individual. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, looking at him, he's got... He reminded me of the bit of the... Uh, of the South African director, Richard Stanley. Yeah. Um, you know, he's dressed all in black. He's got the white um, jacket and the long Yeah, he's got the jacket. jacket. He's got this, this, this fedora on as well. Um, but there's weird aspects to him as well. You know, he's got like the top button of his pants isn't undone. Yeah. Uh, so they don't fit him, but he's got a belt that just like keeps him up. Um, mm. This roll neck sweater that he keeps on eternally. Um strange individual obviously a weird weird history term you know the story he tells about his divorce mm. whereby the divorce was initiated by his love of cats and um you know and it, one more tabby this this one more tabby cat just set off his wife and that was it that was that you know that the line was drawn and he crossed the line um so yeah i mean oz is the star of the film he's just you can't take your eyes off him because he's just so weird. Um, you know, the, the situations he gets himself in with Dan, poor Dan. I mean, what that guy went through. Um, I mean, there's a great sequence in the film whereby Dan is sort of, I mean, Dan is strange throughout the film. He buys into it, then he, he doesn't buy into it. Then he does, then he doesn't. And there's one moment where Dan asks us about, um, about what he does, and, and Oz says, you know, confess that he wants to see the devil. Mm. And Dan says, yeah, well, tell me about the devil. What was he like? And Oz replies, well, you know, uh, just classic, horns, red, <laughs> a lot of Halloweeny stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's just fantastic. Um, one thing I did sort of pick up on with the film, I don't know if you've, if you've seen any of the creep films. Uh, Creep 1 or Creep 2. No. Uh, they're both available on Netflix, and they're both very, very similar to this. Right. Um, they star that great guy, Mark Duplass, who uh, right. 
you may have seen, he did, he did do a couple of you know, mainstream comedies. Mm. Um, but Mark G. Plus is predominantly for me known as the guy that was in all the Mumblecore films um, of the sort of late noughties, would it be? Um, mm. But yeah, creep, creep you, you should really see. Uh, it, it's, it's a weird entity and it's very, very similar to this. It's directed by both films, directed by Patrick Bryce, also stars in them. Oh. Uh, and, and like another evil, they're, they're, they're also two-handers. Because despite, you know, Dan and his wife Mary and, and son Jazz, this is essentially a film about two people sitting in a house. Um, yeah, I, I did like it a great deal. Uh, I liked the, the, the way that Oz is a industrial-grade exorcist. Um, <laughs> you know, just that, 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 just a little bit more. Um, and also, just, just yeah, it's one of those films that you can't pin down precisely why you like it, but there's just so many pieces of the jigsaw, be it the traps that he sets for the ghosts, yeah. um, you know, be it just the, the, the weird personal relationship. It's quite a tragedy at times because, you know, however annoying Oz is, you do feel sorry for him. Um and he has this real menace to him as the film goes on. I don't want to spoil too much. Um, but there is, a, I mean, despite the sort of cynical side that Dan does take as, as Oz tests his patience more and more, mm. you can't help but think, you know, what if he is actually right? <laughs> and what if yeah. what he's doing is actually working or not working? Um, but yeah. This, this was a weird one, but it was a weird one that I would happily revisit any day yeah. of the week. Because what's uh, not at stake in this film is the fact that um, the house is haunted. You know, that, it that is. is very clear. The house, the house is haunted. You know, there's, there's stuff, weird stuff going on. Um, By some freaky, freaky yeah. things as well. And I mean, that's, that's what sort of grabbed me at the beginning of the film is you know, it, it starts off that sort of very low key thing, you know, sort of like an upturned stool and yeah. paintbrush making a mark on the wall you yeah. know yeah. I, I, I thought that was just really really effective on itself you know and then he yeah. sees this sort of thing on the stairs uh, so so that's never in doubt the fact that yeah yeah his, his house is haunted you know it's just that these two people are very sort of different approaches to the whole thing um yeah. and you know because he's sort of more outgoing and sort of, you know selling himself a lot better than uh, the first guy you know, you kind of you kind of believe him more, you know, but but he, he's just sort of changing his story so often. Or what's happening? Yeah, yeah. What, you know, you, you just never know. Um, yeah, I, I I must admit, I I really liked it. It's, it's it is very freaky. I think the freakiest moment in the film is is uh, when Oz makes a phone call, and, and it's just what the other guy says to him. You know, <laughs> it's like. What, you're not questioning this at all, you know. It's just like it's just very, very strange, you know. He's just being yeah. enabled in this way, and 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 again, you know, that sort of final scene, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the cigarette. I thought that was that was pretty amazing as well. And, that and the, was crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His whole face, the way his whole face changes, mm-hmm. you know, because he's so, you know, he, he's he's like a little puppy for a lot of the film, and then you see him at the end. Mm. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's a completely different demeanor. So, yeah, this is, as you say, it's not going to be for everyone at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know the, the comedy aspects are pretty low key this is a, you know one of those sort of uncomfortable you know the comedy it, comes from the uncomfortable situations that the, the two yeah. characters end up in you know um it, it is low key comedy but it's one of those low key comedies that i found myself as the day went on reminding mm-hmm. myself and thinking jesus that was so funny um, because it, it's comedy that kind of plays on your mind and you think, how did they even think of that? that that's incredible. Mm. Um, but yeah, with, with regard to Ozzy, he, he does have that kind of friendly demeanor. Um, and you also tend to put yourself in Dan's position where you think, what, what would I do? I mean, mm. would I check him out? Would I be sympathetic? Um, and you tend to sort of think that, well, probably Dan is taking the right course of action. Um, and that you would try and sort of pacify him. You can tell he's damaged goods and you can tell he's a little bit wacko. Yeah. But you would kind of, you would hope that you have the patience yeah. to sort of, uh, you know, guide him into, uh, well, just a, just a really lonely individual, really, isn't he? Plus, plus he, he did come highly recommended by his own boss. <laughs> so, well, that's right. that's right. you know, so, so, you know, it was based on, you know, um, a previous success that he got hired in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is this is an interesting one. It leaves a lot of questions open as well. At the end, um, I was I was I was surprised it didn't end up back in the house in a mm. way. You know, with, um, to deal with any sort of aftermath. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was it was very interesting. That's for sure. Uh, and I'm I think I'm gonna give this a six out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to go one step ahead. I'm going to go for seven. I, I, I reckon, uh, I, well, one, I mean, that's the thing with Shudder, isn't it? I mean, as, as, a, as a physical media guy, I'm, I'm kind of watching this film and thinking, oh, I wish it was on, this was on um, DVD because I, I could, I could give it to so many people who'd really appreciate it. Um, because yeah, I did think this was a, a very cool film. And like I say, go and check Creep and Creep 2 because they're, they're at this level, if not one step above. Awesome. I'll have to check those out myself. Our next film is Downrange, a group of college students carpool their way across state, sharing gas money and good memories. When they suddenly get a flat tyre on a deserted stretch of road, at first it seems like it's just another part of their adventure to tell their friends about when they return home. But while changing the wheel, a rifle bullet falls out of the wheel casing, and the friends soon realise they are at the mercy of a crazed sniper, intent on picking them off one by one. Now, Dave, this is the latest film from uh, Roy Hay uh, Kitamura, um, a director I'm sure that you hold in high regard as much as I do. Um, this came out of more or less nowhere. I think we, we looked at the trailer about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does, does it live up? It really does. I mean, wow. Uh, this is a really cool film. Um, I mean, I'm, as, as you are as well, Mike, I'm a great fan of Azumi and Versus and Midnight Meat Train and all those great films that he's done. Um, and also, I, I, I'm a big fan of the writer, a guy called uh, uh, Joey O'Brien, who, who wrote a great Korean film. I'm not sure if you would have seen it. It was called Motorway. Which one? Jeff, Motorway, it was called. Was that Korean or was that, um, is, is that the one with Anthony Wong in it? Yes, that, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I have seen that. It's, that is very good. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 fairly, um, you know, uncomplicated and you know, fairly throwaway uh, action thriller. But I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Um, but this was really good. Um, had so many 
aspects to it which I thought were just perfect. Um, you know, one thing, um, I mean, I've just said in the show in the past, I hate the idea of a synopsis that starts, you know, six kids, mm. you know, in the middle of nowhere, breakdown, blah, 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 and you think, oh, Jesus, it kind of puts you in a down above you even watch the film. But the cool film that the director did with this was within five seconds of the film starting, you have something that punches you in the gut and you think, oh, okay, this could be cool because the film opens and right away you have that blown tire mm. and you're like, okay, something's happened here and like the film hasn't even begun. Um, the characters are strong. They were just really interesting people. Yeah. Yes, you did seem to have like that cross section, that cultural cross section and racial cross section, which is fine. But they weren't generic cookie cutter characters. They had a bit more about them. Um, you know, Eric, um, was a great sort of character that I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, Sarah, the girl who was taking the selfies at the start of the film, I thought, yeah, you know, the, 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 mm. the, there's an extra dimension there that isn't just your, your kind of bimbo in a, in a, in a, in a horror movie. Um, but yeah, as the film progresses, it, 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 if there was one drawback to the film, I'd, I'd say that, that you got that shock in the first 15 minutes, in the first five seconds. Mm. But then there's a little, little period of time where you're thinking, you're waiting. Yeah. Sometimes the waiting is a bit distracting because you're thinking something's going to happen. Now. And because you've read the synopsis ahead of the schedule, mm. you know what's coming. You, you know what you're waiting for, but you're thinking. And, and, and he, the, the director is teasing you because mm. they're doing things like that. They're, they're poking their phones up to the sky to try and get a signal. And you're thinking, well, yeah, yeah. bullets going to come through that phone in a second. But yeah. obviously, you know, when that bullet does come and you know it's going to come, then woof, I mean, holy cow, I mean, why first kill? That was quite something. Um, you know, it was puke-inducingly gory. Um, and it just follows on from there. Yes, it is up and down. Yes, it's not consistently edge of the seat. But when those edge of the seat moments do come, it is uh, very, very, very good indeed. I mean, um, yeah, the, the momentum is the downside of it. But having said that, yes. yeah, it's just you've got aspects like I mentioned Eric before. His situation, he's slightly separated from the group, so his situation is completely different to theirs, who are huddled down behind the SUV. Um, uh, but it, 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 it's it's all weird. Film really because mm. it. I mean, I read an interview with the director Kitamura, and he's sort of saying that his inspiration came from films like Jewel and The Hitcher. He yeah. wanted something where they have the unexplained villain, the villain who you don't know the motive of, you don't know why he's doing what he's doing, and that's the one strongest point of the film. I mean, the film itself. I mean, you will keep a bucket nearby because there are moments in it where. I mean, one aspect, of course, is, is do you remember the cauterizing of the wounds? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was Todd. I mean, that's actually well I mentioned Todd. I mean, this is a debut picture. And this kid is pretty much holding the film together because he is the strongest part of the film. I thought it was excellent in the movie. Um, and to be honest, it was a pretty challenging 
thing as well. It's a challenging cell. It, I mean, it is all located in this one place. Um, which is, which is tough to maintain that tension. So part of being critical about dormantum and about that, you know, sort of lack of edge of the seat mm. thrills, we are in one place here with six people. So, you know, let's cut the guys some slack and yeah. maybe it's time for me to start rambling. There's, um, as, as you say, this, this film just starts, you know, there's, there's no preamble. It's like, blam, here we go. Tires blown. The six people in the car, you know, you don't need to know anything before that. You, you find out they, they, these characters don't know each other very well because they're just carpooling, you know, to save money. Um, and as you say, you know, it, 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 it lets out the, um, it lets out the bait a little bit, you know, it's like a fishing line and yeah. you're just sort of waiting. It, Cause you know, you know, we've read the synopsis. We know what it's about. We know what's happened, why the tie is blown, you know, and it's just like watching characters like, um, I can't remember who you said it was at Sarah who's on the phone and she yeah. walks about 50 yards away from the car. <laughs> back the scene, like going, no, you know, get back mm-hmm. to the car. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not until, you know, they find, uh, one of the characters finds the bullet that actually mm-hmm. hit the tire that they realize what's, what's going on. And then it all goes to shit. Um, you know, there's some nice, um, sort of pu- trying, you know, puzzle solving going on in that first half of the film as they're trying to sort of figure out what's the best plan to do, that sort of thing, which is always nice to see. Uh, but, you know, there's one character who's a bit more together than the others as well, you know, um, although her reasoning is a bit, <laughs> you know, she goes, Oh, I'm an army brat. My brother was in the army or something He's like, mm. Oh, that, that's, how, that's why you picked up all these skills in. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's, that's a bit disingenuous, really. But yeah, it's, it, as you say, it's, it's a great little cast. Um, the villain, you know, is silent. You don't even see him for until no. three quarters in. So we, we know where he is. Um, but he, you know, he, he doesn't need to move. He doesn't need to do anything. Oh, shoot. But. You know, and and there is this sort of lull. There is a little bit once the car's been whittled down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's, there's two characters basically huddled up behind, you know, barricaded behind the SUV, having a little heart to heart. And you know, it does sort of slow down. But then, mm-hmm. then another car turns up, <laughs> and that's all I'll say on that basically. But that is a fantastic sequence that whole yeah. thing it, it reminds me a little bit of um uh, the tarantino movie um yeah death, death, death proof. proof yeah just the way that was shot you yes. got the certain yeah 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 uh, but that wasn't i, I had to watch that twice because i wasn't quite sure you know um, it was a bit too quickly edited i was like mm-hmm. hang on what, what happened there to that character <laughs> but um but yeah, no, that was amazing. That that whole sequence um, was brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend this film. Uh, it's it's a brilliant reason to get hold of um, uh, Shudder, even even for a week. Definitely worth sort of yeah. check, checking. It's, it's it, did, it didn't it didn't it didn't pander to you either because one of the things that you know, six kids you'll have favourites. Um, I mean, I, you know, I like Todd. I thought he was great. I thought he had a lot of um, ingenuity. Up, there's a great scene where he's trying to get the water bottle and he just strapped this thing on his mm. his um, his arm so he could try and get this water bottle out of the car and it all went. Yeah. Well, I, I want to see what happened. <laughs> but um, um, so you know, there are a few people you you have a, a affection for. 
And, and to be honest, I really wasn't happy with who survived. Mm. Um, well, you know, we, we won't reveal the ending. Yeah. But, you know, the, as they got whittled down, I was quite annoyed about the people they killed off. But in saying that, I was quite happy because I felt that Kitamura wasn't pandering. Yeah, and what's right. going down the line of well, you know who's going to survive, and that's the trouble with so many horror films, and that you start them, and you yeah. think, well, yeah, your final girl, that's it. Yeah. Um, and in this one, yeah, there was a few cardboard thrown, mm. uh, not least with the ending, which uh, even if you even if you don't like the film that much, it's worth sticking with it just to see mm. that final sequence. Yeah, definitely. I'm giving this a high eight. Oh, really? That's uh, that'd be cool. Mm. I'm not going to go that high. Um. I'm going to go for seven and a half, but yeah, I really did enjoy this great deal. Yeah, absolutely. Our final review this week is Cold Hell. Uh, Ozda is a young woman of Turkish descent working as a taxi driver in Vienna. One night, she accidentally disturbs a serial killer in the middle of posing his latest victim in the alley behind her apartment. Her steady, insular life is thrown into turmoil as the killer learns her identity and makes it his mission to silence her. Um, I've been looking forward to seeing this for a while since we saw the trailer. Um, so I was quite surprised to sort of see it on Shudder, to be quite honest. Um, but I thoroughly enjoy this. It's, there are some distressing moments for me as, as, as a father. I have mm. to say, uh, which, which I'll go into a bit later on. Um, and, and there's, a, you know, there's a big chunk of sort of social commentary going on in here as well. Um, but Dave, I'd be interested to know what you thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, geez, we sound like we're repeating ourselves for each, <laughs> each of these films. But yeah, I really did like it a lot. Um, I like the director, um, whose name I'm not in there. Sovitsky, I think. Yeah. You're better than me. Um, I've been a fan of his for probably 20 years. He's a 57 year old guy, he's Austrian. Um, I fell in love with two oh, films autopsy. he did. Yes, did autopsy. Exactly. I mean, yeah. the Anatomy, Anatomy. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, both Anatomy movies, Anatomy 1 and 2, which, uh, I mean, I, when I used to work for Blockbuster, um, back in the late 90s, Anatomy was, I think it was one of the first foreign language films we got in, around about 99. And um, I was just blown away with it because it was just like I hadn't seen much foreign language films. Uh, mm. And then, of course, as, as, as um, the Nauties rolled on, he did that great film, The Counterfeiters, which oh, is an yeah. uh, amazing World War II movie uh, oh. about a story that I never even uh, knew about. I had no uh, knowledge of whatsoever, so that was brilliant. So he's quite a storied director in the fact he's had this 20-year career with varied um Genres, buried films. Hmm. Um, so it's quite surprising to see him come out with this. Um, it did well in Austria, the, the homeland. It got seven nominations at the Austrian Film Awards. Um, it was filmed in both Vienna and uh, in Munich as well. It, it's hmm. it's a strange film that seems to cross um, genres in some respect. It starts out very much in a in a noirish sort of frame. Um, yeah. You've got these really uh, sort of those great classic neon uh, credit sequence uh, with a real uh, sex orientated score covering the uh, the opening montage and she's driving her cab and I really did fall in love with it quite early on. Um, was it consistent? Maybe not. Um, I mean, there was, there was part one. one 
sort of major part of the film is the fact that she's so unsettled. She's such a strange character. She can't really seem to form any major relationships. And she seems to, you know, as soon as her her flat becomes a place that she simply can't return to, she tries to, to seek out these places to live, albeit temporarily, be it with family and friends, and she just can't stay. Um, and that, by the time she went to two or three different places, I kind of thought, okay, we get the point yeah. that, you know, she can't sort of find herself in, 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 in yeah. comfortable well, in these scenarios. Is, yeah. This is the bit I, I found quite distressing as a father, because, because mm. by this stage, she, she's having to look after this young girl at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's a scene where, you know, it, she's evidently been up all night, you know, mm-hmm. wandering around from place to place, trying to trying to get somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like by these train tracks or the tram tracks or something, and yeah. the kids sort of playing next to her, and it's it's just that sort of you know the, the early light of dawn, anything. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, you know that poor girl, you know this little girl mm-hmm. that she's sort of dragged mm-hmm. with her, trying to trying to find her somewhere safe to, safe to be. Was, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for for me that was quite distressing to watch and to think about. But um, yeah, once they got that out of the way, I thought it was um, pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, she's a great actress. I mean, she, um, Violetta, ooh, I think Shura Flower. Shurlo, Shurlo. Shurlo. Yeah, yeah. but she, she's from Uzbekistan. Um, we've obviously never seen her in anything before. She's she's strange uh, in appearance. She's got this very pallid complexion, mm. um, and there's no obvious beauty to her but she's unconventionally attractive and she is very captivating i mean the camera really does love her um and she's brilliant in the film i mean she she she's in pretty much every scene yeah uh, in the picture and and she's great uh and she she really does grab hold of your heart she, you feel so sorry for her but then on the other hand you can see that she's such a flawed personality with these sort of mm. outbursts of quite horrific violence especially in, in, yeah. in a boxing you kind of learn why you know don't you I mean as the film goes on you know she mm. she, so it, she she hasn't been able to sustain any any kind mm. of relationship on any level with any man basically no. you know no. um, there's the guy who runs the gym that she trains at she, she, you know mm. we find out that she's a formidable kickboxer yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a couple of people who <laughs> would wish they hadn't gone toe to toe with her. Um, but you know, the, there was a sort of burgeoning relationship with him, but it never mm. went anywhere because she never, you know, she was so prickly and sort of standoffish that he ended up going with somebody else. Um, you know, it's, it's people like that. And then it, you know, find out later on that it all stems from her relationship with her dad. You know, and, mm. um, you know, it's, Quite amazing sort of scenes at the end there as well. Yeah, and, um, I mean, she, she, her character almost reminded me a little bit of Scarlett Johansson in Under, Under the Skin. She right. had that kind of alien quality where mm. she was just a total, total outsider. Um, but it's worth also mentioning Vienna once more. I mean, Vienna mm. looks quite awful. I mean, it's a beautiful city, but it looks awful yeah. in this film. But I mean that as a as a complete. Um, uh, you know, as, 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 a, as a credit to the to the filmmaker, because you know this is such a great city, um, and it looks dire. I mean, it's just drab and lifeless and grey. And she lives in this horrible tenement that yeah. looks to be the home of the dregs of society. Um, 
But I love that look. I really thought it gave that film a great fabric, um, really dirty and dingy. Um, and yeah, I mean, to, and of course, one of the best films about the film is just the ending, which is just amazing. Mm, absolutely. But I mean, you know, before, even before then, there's the, the whole sort of cat and mouse thing with this killer. Mm. Um, mm. the bit where he gets in a cab, you know. Oh, and we know what's, you know, we know what's going on. We know how he's sort of picked up her trail and things. And of course, she's completely oblivious, um, yeah. at least to begin with. And it's an absolutely, you know, a barnstorming sequence mm. that in that cab and, you know, um, yeah. the carnage that happens. It's absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's definite kudos for that. I was, I was really surprised as well with the, um, you know, the relationship she does end up getting involved in. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I thought he was going to end up being like the comedy relief sort of thing, you know, at a certain mm. point. Or he was going to be the sort of total racist bastard sort of character, you know, <laughs> but it turns out he's, he's almost as damaged as she is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the things that he's had to go through. Um, mm. but yeah, no, absolutely amazing film, I thought. Um, it's, it's flawed. You know, it does sort of dwell too much on the sort of the, um, sort of misery of, being, you know, turned up from your house and on the streets for a little bit, but mm. um, when it when it sort of sticks to the sort of genre elements, I thought it was very very good. Yeah, 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 definitely worth checking out. Um, Cold Hell, that's for sure. Uh, and again, uh, yeah, I'll definitely give this one a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna match that. Really great film, sort of recommendable. Um, yeah, I, I hope. Uh, the people have listened to these three reviews and that they, they fire up Shudder straight away because, uh, you know, even if you just use it for these three films, you will benefit immeasurably. Absolutely. And, you know, even if you, even if you end up sort of sticking around for a month, I think yeah. you get a lot out of it for four ninety nine. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah. The only thing, I mean, just sort of as an aside, um, yeah. the only thing, on its sort of downside is, is the amount of titles. Um, you know, yeah. they're already sort of parading the fact they're getting, um, a film called Revenge. And it's a film that we're looking forward to seeing, you mm. know, but it's not coming out until September. So, so, the, right. you know, they're trumpeting it already. Um, saying, yeah, we, you know, this is coming out in September. Um, which is a shame, you know, and I'd have, I'd have liked to sort of see m- more films coming in, I guess, but, um, yeah. yeah. But I'm certainly going to be hanging around for for at least a month or so. Yeah, um, definitely. There's, there's definitely a few films, and and there's a load of classics on there. You know, the ones that you know, the touchstones that everyone should have tried by now. You know, a few Fulci's and things on there. Um, Dario Argento, obviously. Um, yeah, some uh, Stuart Gordon's on there. So you know, lo- loads of good stuff to to try out as well as well as the sort of lesser known and. Um, you know, the, the Shudder exclusives that we've looked at this week. It's time for the last part of the show, so it's down to me and Dave to get on with the washing up and look at some other titles coming out shortly. Uh, starting with a film called The Dwelling, or Dwelling. Um, this sees a young couple going back to a house that the girl lived in, I believe, at some point, and is supposed to be haunted. Um and gets kind of obsessed by what's going on in there. I I like the look of this. This is one of those ones where there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, lots of different sort of supernatural bits and pieces. 
Um, I, I think this could be worth a look at some point. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, unfortunately, it's got that horrible artwork that seems to yeah. <laughs> have been everywhere since Cabin in the Woods came out. Uh, one slight concern is that it seems to have dropped into currently unavailable at Amazon. So oh. whether it's been pulled at the very last minute, I mm. don't know, or maybe it's going straight to VOD. Um, but yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll update people with that in the next couple of weeks. But it does look very cool indeed. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one is uh, uh, this is one that you've reviled. It's um, Hooligan Escape. <laughs> Who did this? Hmm? Who's Who done this? Do you know? Uh, believe it or not, I've actually sort of watched part of this. You're right. This is Nicholas Winter. Ah. Doing this one. Um, it's not terrible. <laughs> but uh, it's not great. That's a cover quote, if ever there was one. <laughs> Uh, this starts with, uh, I think it's like five or six hooligans during the, um, the European Cup in mm-hmm. 2016, uh, getting into a spot of bother with some Russian hooligans and stabbing one to death. And then we cut forward to the, um, to the 2018 World Cup and same hooligans being sort of locked up in jail and get gassed and abducted by this Russian mobster who's, I think it was his younger brother who was uh, the one that was stabbed earlier. Um, mm. Thrown into the mix is a, um, a young MI6 agent who's um, playing like a gangster's mall, um, trying to get dirt on this guy as well. Um, it, it's not the film I thought it was going to be. It's all, everything goes south very quickly. It's right, quite right. surprising. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it or not yet. Okay. It depends if I have a quiet week. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people like that sort of film. It, it's not, it's not your typical hooligan movie. It's like they're taking the hooligans out and put them in a different genre. You know, right. um, so they, it's, it's no, they don't even show any football. It's, it's funny because at the beginning, it comes up with a caption, sort of like you know, sort of European yeah. Cup 2016. You know, uh, Russian, Russian mob fans or something. Yeah, yeah. I was I was bracing myself for scenes of like sort of you know, <laughs> violence, but it doesn't. It just cuts straight through. You know, mm. it doesn't show you any any actual footage or anything. So yeah, quite different on that front. Um, okay, so that's enough of that. The next one is Incarnation. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Um, yeah. So this looks very very strange. The guy sits on a bench um, and is killed, and then sort of wakes up. Um, and the same events sort of play out again. So, you know, it's one of those films where he sort of he figures out a bit of information each time and is able to sort of prolong his existence mm-hmm. before being killed off again and sort of loops through again. Um, yeah, I love films like that. I'm, I'm really super interested in seeing it. Yeah, it looks cool. It's, it's released by Matchbox, who, of course, I rave about every time I can. Uh, it's a Serbian film as well. Mm, uh, that's right, yeah. Which we don't seem to see many of, so... Uh, this should this should be pretty interesting, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is a, a title that you'd probably usually see on a sort of a Japanese sort of anime. DC Superhero Girl Super Villain High. It's <laughs> um, a bit of a mouthful. It is the latest uh, Lego movie um, featuring the female uh, superheroes and supervillains. Uh, it, it's interchangeable with the sort of Monster High stuff, I think. 
basically. Mm. They just change the characters. I'm sure the plots are more or less the same as what we've sort of seen elsewhere. I, I did have a look at the trailer. It's not as um, irreverently funny as some of the other ones. This is sort of aimed right, at a sort right. of, um, you know, this is aimed at a younger audience basically than the than some of the other stuff that we've seen. But uh, yeah, so so there's that. Hopefully it does well. This is, about, this is one I'm interested in. It's called Mother's Doll. Uh, mm. But that's not the original title. Can you remember what the original title is? Uh, was it called Doll in the Dark? No, it was called... No, it was called The Melancholy Fantastic. Melancholy Fantastic, that's the one. Um, and it's, uh, what it reminds me of is a film called Pin. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's about this girl whose mother's recently died and she inherits this sort of mannequin doll from her mother and apparently her mother used to talk to her all the time and we, we soon find out that um, uh, Melanie as her name is is um, kind of doing the same thing it looks very bizarre I have to say I quite, I quite liked it I saw it this week um, I mean it's got three one star reviews on Amazon um, one person says rubbish not scary at all and it only has four people in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I quite liked to, you know, this, this girl, it's an unusual film, it's 69 minutes with credits, so you're talking about an hour and five minutes without. Um, this girl, you know, gets obsessed with this rather um, nice-looking zombie uh, goth boy. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of just, you know, is crazy falling in love with him. Uh, but he isn't really interested, and well, not surprised, because when he goes back to her place, she has this weird life-sized doll that she obsesses over um it's unusual i wouldn't even class it as a horror film really it's just a yeah. weird character piece um yeah. so yeah ignore the uk artwork and, and the retitling it's not that film at all no. but if you're looking for something just a little bit unique it's it's probably well worth a fiver yeah, yeah i think so moving on to um, this is kind of like it, trying to muscle in on the sort of dead hooker in a trunk kind of movie. Um, it's called Scramble. Um, it just says, uh, when we have... <laughs> Sorry. I started reading this tagline at the bottom of the poster. And that, what it actually says is, <laughs> it's a great when we have time, one, the slogan will go here. <laughs> so, Christ. Um, yeah, this has uh, Courtney Gaines um, in it. Um, basically... It's one of those sort of shaggy dog stories where a guy breaks up with his girlfriend or she breaks up with him, then gets kidnapped by some pimp or something who wants to, you know, sort of um, white slavers. Um, and he has to sort of do some weird job to get her back. It's, yeah, it's not particularly big budget. It's It looks all over the place. But uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've seen too many of these sort of films to be. Yeah, I, I don't know. It came, it came in pretty late to me, to be honest, but. Um, retail was was a fiver, uh, and it's got Cody Gaines in it, so yeah. you know it's, it's worth a go for that price. But uh, it's, it does have a shocking IMDb score of about two point eight, so I, I, maybe maybe approach with caution might be the best advice. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so last film that we're going to look at, um, I'm, I'm, you know, on on the face of it, if you mm. came across a film called The Jurassic Games, yeah. You'd probably go, oh, God, bloody asylum. Again, something. <laughs> yeah. but, but this is by director um, Ryan Belgart, 
who mm-hmm. we know from doing the Gremlin film, um, The Gremlin's yeah. Curse, um, came out earlier this year. And I just love the concept of this as yeah, well as yeah. the execution as well. Um, I, I'm putting this up with the other films we've mentioned already for the next episode. I, cool. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Uh, the Jurassic Games. This uh, sees um, some convicted criminals being sort of strapped into sort of like a virtual world um, where they're sort of set upon by dinosaurs and other creatures. <laughs> It, it it just looks great. It, it really does. They've they, you know they've gone all out on this. Yeah, we did the trailer a few weeks back, didn't we? And um, sorry, we did the trailer a few weeks back, uh, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just looks really cool. You know, a, a little bit um, you know battle royale, um, a little bit condemned. Yeah, it could yeah. be all right. It could be all right. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. Looking- Looking forward to seeing how it all sort of pulls together anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, and, and, you know, as a director, we, we, we like, you know, if I recall it, I quite liked Gremlin's Curse. I just hated the main actor in it. Um, so it got knocked down for that. But yeah, I'm, I'm mm. definitely on board with this. I think it looks cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that is the washing up for this week, Dave. We're done. Cool. It's good. <laughs> Just a bit of housekeeping to finish off with. Uh, we're not going to continue with the website because we can put all the footnotes with the Podbean um, podcast. So if you scroll down at the bottom of this episode, you should find all the links to the trailers we've been talking about and the um, the, the artwork for the washing up. So um, thanks for listening and tune in again soon. listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.